we're familiar with the phrase, no good deed goes unpunished. And here is Jesus performing thousands of miracles for people over the course of his three years of public ministry from age 30 to 33. And many are following him because of the miracles. Many are following him because they've had a conversion of faith. And he's able to perform those miracles, as we said last Sunday, because of their faith. Whether they were coming to Jesus on their own, Lord, Master, have pity on me, cure me, and Jesus would perform that. Or others were bringing Jesus to a sick person, as we saw last Sunday with Jairus, who asked our Lord to heal his daughter from afar, who was dying. And Jesus does that. And then we mentioned the other miracles that our Lord performs, even when we don't ask or someone else isn't asking, he simply, out of his mercy and tender love, extends the hand of healing. Whatever form that healing takes. And so we come to church as Catholics to unite our prayer with the perfect prayer of praise and worship through Jesus, through his priest, at the altar of sacrifice before the Heavenly Father to pray with him, to him, and by his grace for a miracle. But we can only do that with faith. We can't make a deal. It's not, let's make a deal. Lord, if you grant me the miracle, I'll do this for you. If you do this for me, I'll be more faithful with Sunday attendance. Or I'll pray more rosaries. Or I'll go to confession more often. Or I'll give more money to charity. It's not about making a deal. That's very much the stuff of natural religions of the past. And even today, a lot of people think they can make a deal with God. Give me this, and I'll do that. That's not the way it works. Faith is not about making a deal. Faith is about an utter trust, an ascent of mind and heart to the mysteries of God. Because he's going to grant what he needs for us. And he knows our need. And we don't always get what we want, but we do get what we need. And it may not be anything we recognize in the moment, for ourselves or others, but we begin to piece together our own story and to say there's some very important reason why I'm here today. Now that may not be just a miracle. I know people that say, hey, it's a miracle I got up today. Well, yeah, if you were dying. No, these are not just daily events. We're talking about the extraordinary moments of faith where I was so moved and clearly aware that something was happening to me or to someone else, and I can't figure it out, but I know it was truly a miracle. And if you've never had that experience, don't worry. That doesn't mean you're less worthy of God's love. I've been praying for years, you say, for this miracle of health, this chronic illness for my mother, or my father, or something I've been going through, or I've been unemployed for so long, 
and I've been praying and praying, and the Lord doesn't hear my prayer, you say. I don't think that's true. It might feel that way, but the reality is it's not. And therefore, there's another reason why the Lord doesn't give us what we want, but he does give us what we need. If we simply put more and more faith in him. Look at the gospel today, how our Lord was, says St. Mark, amazed at their lack of faith. Now, why was Jesus amazed at their lack of faith? Well, let's put this in context. We begin the gospel today. Jesus departed from there. Now, that was last Sunday. He's departing from other regions where he's performing thousands of miracles, and now he comes back to his native place. He's going back home to Galilee, where he grew up, Bethlehem, that area. And the context, therefore, is family. These are people that know Jesus. They know his mother, Mary. They know Joseph, his foster father. They know John the Baptist, his cousin, and John's parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And they know the grandparents of Jesus, Joachim and Anne, Mary's parents. And they know all the other friends, as they're called brothers and sisters in the old Jewish sense, they are related, they're cousins by blood. So they know this boy who's now a man. And that's why they say, who does he think he is? We've always known this little guy, Jesus. He grew up with us. He's just like us. What kind of wisdom has been given to him? Where did he get all this stuff? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not simply the son of a carpenter? We know his family. Who does he think he is? Isn't that amazing? This is the close family unit of the cousins and the aunts and the uncles, those who know him in the town, and they're saying, who do you think you are? And he was amazed at their lack of faith. So family sometimes doesn't put a lot of trust in us. I know as a priest in my family growing up, you know, oh yeah, you think you're so special, you're so holy, we know who you are. You're the spoiled brat. You always got everything you wanted from mom and dad, we know who you are. You were mean growing up. You punched your brother, you pulled your sister's hair. You're a holy person, come on, we know who you are. So I understand the context. But now, what does that mean for us today? Here we are, the family. We are the closest in terms of our practice of faith, the practice of religion, to our Lord. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the family that takes the faith seriously in coming to church. Why? Because here you believe in the power of the sacrament, which is this special sacred moment, and you know the difference it makes, or you take it for granted, 
and sometimes we do. I know as a priest, after 32 years, it takes a lot to say four masses a weekend or a couple masses a day amidst everything else and stay focused with all the energy, with all the attention of devotion and reverence. Yeah, that takes work. I know a lot of priests, and you do too from other parishes, maybe they're not just into it. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how are you? Lord be with you. They're not reverent. But who am I to judge? The point is, you're here because of faith. You're here not because of me. You're not here because of art and architecture, as wonderful as all of this is. You are moved not by smells and bells and music, although that's very important in its proper place. You are here to experience a miracle. See, a lot of Catholics don't believe in the real presence. What is the statistic now? Some 50, 60 percent do not believe that the bread and wine become the body and blood of the Lord. He was amazed at their lack of faith. See, Jesus can't perform the miracle for them or for you or for me except in the context of faith. That's your responsibility. That's mine. To simply pray for the grace, the strength to believe. It's very simple. And it will happen. I wouldn't be here unless I believed it. You wouldn't be here unless you believe it. But countless others have, like this family, Jesus said, no, no, I don't believe that. Maybe I've gotten used to it. Maybe I've taken it for granted. Maybe I didn't get what I wanted, and so I walked away. Again, no judgment. But it's our job, then, to tell them about the good news of what our experience has been. And to say, hey, come to church. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not trying to judge you. I'm not trying to pressure you. I just am inviting you to come to experience maybe what you've forgotten that the Son of God is real. And that when he says, this is my body, this is my blood, the miracle of faith takes place every time we come to Mass. It is a beautiful gift and not to take for granted. And on this Fourth of July weekend, as we celebrate our independence, our birthday as a nation, truly, it's important again not to take our liberties for granted. In many ways, we are very blessed as individuals, as a nation relatively in this world. And so many came to this land and it was secured by the signers of our declaration that we would have that freedom of religion in this land. The freedom is a responsibility. It is a duty to safeguard for ourselves and our children and generations to come. It doesn't come cheap. So to practice religion, to practice this, to be a practicing Catholic is very important because without that religious liberty, we will then suffer our faith. Oh, I don't need the church. I don't need the mass. I can have faith independently. I can be independent. 
That's a myth. That's a myth. Why? Because after generation, without the church, without the sacraments, that faith will disappear. You got it, but you can't give it to your children. It comes through the church. It comes through baptism. It comes through the whole Eucharist. It comes through penance. It comes through the word of Jesus and the prayer of Jesus through the mass. You can't get that out there. It doesn't grow naturally. It's here. This is why our Lord established the church that way 2,000 years ago and told them every time you gather together and take those elements of bread and wine and say, this is my body, this is my blood, I will be there. That doesn't happen out there. It happens here. So we have to be very careful to always remember that these, these religious liberties that we have are very, very important. In fact, perhaps more important, I think, than any other is the freedom of religion, not the freedom from religion. No. So on this day, we give thanks to pr and praise to God for all the miracles we have received, all the miracles we don't even know we've received, and most especially the miracle of his body and blood, wherein we find the greatest joy of our lives. And because of that faith, we can grow in hope, we can grow in strength, we can grow in the peace of Christ.